welcome once again to Bullets, Raffles, and Bots, a Westworld podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Phil, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A., and with me in the state of Michigan. This is Eric. Eric, how's it going, my friend? It's going well. Excellent. And in the state of New York? This is Mike. Mike, how are you, sir? I'm fine, Phil. How are you? I'm doing all right, doing all right. Uh, This is uh, episode... Five, is it? I think. Or, or, <laughs> yes, episode five of season two. A season two of Westworld, uh, where we discuss uh, everything that's happened before, but mostly episode five of season two, critique and evaluate and make predictions and so forth. Um, but before we get into any further things, uh, we, we do have a few house cleaning things. And uh, first off, Eric, you do another podcast with your buddy Dan. I do. It's a general interest podcast called the Escanci Podcast. That's spelled A-S-K-A-N-C-I-T-Y. You can find it on Google Play, Stitcher, and the iTunes Store. Excellent. And Mike, uh, you do an po- another podcast with myself and Eric and have a blog, too? Uh, yeah, well, we also do the Dark Discussions Podcast, which uh, comes out weekly. We have our uh, uh, next episode coming up is going to be a tribute to the recently passed Margot Kidder and looking at Black Christmas. Uh, we also do, uh, in, uh, when the, the series are on the air, we do podcasts focusing on Game of Thrones, which is called You Know Nothing, Jon Snow, and um, the Starry Series American Gods called Searching for American Gods. Hopefully those will both return sometime in 2019. Very good. And, um, let's see, uh, us here at Bullets, Brothos, and Bots, a Westworld podcast, uh, you can find our home website as darkdiscussions.com, darkdiscussions.com. And the reason for that is, is basically, uh, this here is that system the podcast of Dark Discussions podcast that Mike just mentioned, and rather than having all new items for a seasonal show, we just have the big umbrella of Dark Discussions, so uh, folks who want to listen to us here can listen to us many ways, including going to darkdiscussions.com where you can get all the episodes, but more importantly, you can also go to um, any place such as Google Feed iTunes feed or Stitcher and search for either two things. You can search for Dark Discussions Podcast, which will include all the Dark Discussions Podcast episodes as well as this podcast here, since uh, that feed has both podcasts. Or you can just search for Bullets, Brothels, and Bots, a Westworld podcast, and uh, subscribe that way where you would only get uh, the Westworld podcast itself. We got a couple of things we're doing this summer. Mike, you're doing two of them, and then Eric, we're all doing another. Well, why don't you explain those two, Mike, that you are doing? Well, first up, we have Scarecon New England, uh, that is in uh, Framingham, Massachusetts, on June. The convention itself is June 16th and 17th. There's like a party Friday night for those who arrive early. Uh, this is going to be our third year there. We will have a, a table there uh, to promote the podcast. We are having a uh, Discussion later in the week or so to discuss uh, uh, what panels everyone who's there will be uh, uh, moderating or hosting. Uh, and again, that's going to be June fifteenth, well, sixteenth and seventeenth, with the the pre party the night before. The uh, tickets are discounted right now, uh, and they will remain discounted for at least another week, I think. Uh, I think if you use a discount code Albany, you get you get you a discount on it. Also, I'm not sure how that works. You have to ask Anthony Thurber, one of our listeners, 
uh, but I saw him re giving recommendations to people. Uh, this is in a new uh, facility compared to last year. Uh, we'll see how this turns out. Uh, but you have uh, a number of noted celebrities there, such as Cassandra Peterson, also known as Elvira, uh, Doug Bradley, uh, also known as Pinhead from the Hellraiser franchise, uh, Twisted Sisters, The Snyder, uh, Danny Lloyd from The Shining, Amy Steele from, Friday, from uh, Friday the 13th and April Fool's Day, Tom Savini, the legendary makeup artist, David Naughton from American Werewolf in London, uh, Kelly Maroney from Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Chopping Mall, and Night of the Comet, uh, and, and many others. So, you know, please come see us there, uh, and that would be fantastic. And uh, the other one I'm going to be at in August, it's August 3rd, 4th, and 5th, the Double Tree Hilton in Williamsburg, Virginia. It's a Scares I Care Weekend 5. Uh, and uh, that starts really Thursday night with the By the Pool screening. We don't know what movie they're showing this year. Last year was Piranha. The year before that was Jaws. Uh, big guests this year, you have Keith David from The Thing and They Live. You have uh, Mark Boone Jr., Tommy Flanagan, and Kim Coates from Sons of Anarchy, Catherine Mary Stewart and Kelly Maroney from Night of the Comet, uh, Doug Bradley, also from Hell's Racer again, a lot of overlap this year, uh, Eugene Clark from Land of the Dead, Zach Galligan from, from Gremlins, uh, Seth Gilligan, uh, Gilliam sorry, from The Walking Dead and The Wire, uh, and again, many other, Tony Todd uh, from Candyman, Adrian King from Friday the 13th, and many, many others. Uh, and so that's always a fun time, and we ask people to come see us there. I won't have a booth there, but I hope to be participating in the podcast panels. Very good. Very good. Uh, now, uh, Eric, uh, what was going on uh, folks uh, that listen to the brothels and bots want to meet us in August? Well, if they'd like to meet us in August, they can come to Mystic, Connecticut on the weekend of the 25th of August, which is where we'll be meeting up. Uh, we will be going to a movie, probably, and uh, most likely recording a podcast afterwards with us all on the same location, which is, uh, like, becoming an annual thing. Uh, yeah, and we'd love to meet up with anybody uh, who listens to the podcast, either Bullets, Brothels, Bots, or any of the others, as well as our main Dark Discussion podcast. Uh, for more details, you can email darkdiscussions at AOL.com. And Phil will give you the deets of uh, the when and where when it gets more clear in the future. Very, very good, very good. So, uh, darkdiscussions at AOL.com is the best place to reach us. And unfortunately, this week we do not have any emails. Uh, we usually get an uh, email from Sean Fox of Alberta, Canada, uh, talking about Westworld. But uh, as Eric always states, <laughs> he's life. probably busy dodging poop at Tim Hortons. <laughs> Jesus, that was terrible. Terrible for folks who don't know what we're talking about. Just type "poop Tim Hortons" and yes. you'll find it everywhere on yeah, Google and that whatnot. was the viral news story this week. It was. It was. Um, yes, yes. Uh, I had to correct you there, Eric, because you said that uh, you thought it only happened down here, but uh, no, no, can't candidates. No, I was just trying to enrage Doug. That's all I know. Hi there, you are. Yes, uh, another podcast of Doug. Of what podcast does he do? Uh, he is on the Midnight Drive-In podcast. That's right. And that's he right. is formerly sometime Doug on Horror, etc. That's right, that's right. Uh, okay. So, Eric, did, did I tell you guys this story? There was a, a local high school here where somebody was sneaking onto the track at night, not the one I work at, 
uh, sneaking onto the track at night and taking no, a you didn't on tell, the track? No, you didn't, you didn't tell us, but um, I think I saw it on the news, Mike. Right, so they Okay, it could have been. They, they were recorded it, and uh, lo and behold, it was the superintendent of schools that was the one doing it. And it was it was in your district? Not my district. It was in somebody, someplace nearby. Okay, okay. Yeah, so it wasn't in Pennsylvania right over the border? Uh, New Jersey. It was in Jersey. Okay. It was and it was right over the border. Yeah, yeah. Kind of gross. People are strange. But well, well, you, you're not, you expect a student, you know, <laughs> superintendent. I just yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> the gallows, right? You break into the school, you put the shit on the teacher's desk or something. Uh. But, 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 but this is adults <laughs> in, in just insane people. And, and the guy lost his job too. It's like it's like why would I mean? Wait, the guy at the Tim Hortons lost his job? No, no, no. The, the superintendent, the one. In oh, oh, oh. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, now we better change the subject because people yeah. who are listening to this podcast for the first time are saying these people are immature and this is terrible. Well, that's true, but... <laughs> that's true, yes, but that's not our focus. <laughs> uh, um, let's see. Um, and uh, usually, we, sometimes we get uh, comments from Elizabeth Catherine Gray. Uh, and what podcast is she, she from, uh, Mike? Archivist Bet on Sexy Witches. That's right, and, and uh, but she's been um, traveling a lot this this month of of May, and so she has not probably she may have actually even fallen behind on on episodes of the show itself rather than the podcast. And I'd like to thank uh, a number of other people um, that knew the podcast. I forget the name uh, of the you Yahoo person, but um, on a non related group that I'm in called. Uh, what uh, what you're listening to or something? Uh, someone that I never knew was listening to our podcast, and so uh, thank you very much for that. Uh, hopefully they are enjoying it. And now listening is the name of the group. And let me see if I can find it. It's uh, here. It's right here. Driving thoughts. So someone named Driving Thoughts on Facebook uh, is listening to our podcast and uh, letting folks know about it. And uh, thank you very much. And uh, people are have the done the little heart things. So they love love it. So that's good. Excellent. Okay, so anything else anybody wanted to bring up? Anything? Westworld related? Robot related? Anything? <laughs> no. Anyway, fair enough. So I uh, guess we can get into uh, the episode tonight. Um, this is, you said episode five, right, uh, Eric? Yeah, yes, it's still episode five. Yeah, okay. So uh, Akane no Mai. Akane no Mai. Is the name of the episode, directed by Greg Zobel, uh, which is very... Interesting. Uh, Greg Zobel is actually a pretty prolific film director. Uh, he's directed two films that I know Eric has seen, and I have seen as well, and I like both of them tremendously. Uh, the two that I'm referring to are Compliance and Z for Zachariah. And yes, those are both good movies. Yes, yes, they are. Um, and Z for Zachariah actually has uh, uh, Margot Robbie in it. So it's and oh, and the guy who plays. Uh, played Wonder Woman's boyfriend, uh, Pine. What's his name? First name? Chris, Chris Pine. They're, Chris all, they're, Pine. All, they're all going to Chris now. That's right, yeah. So, they're all uh, Swedes and they're all named Chris. That's right. Yeah, so and he, he's, he directed a few episodes of The Leftovers, American Gods, uh, The Outcast, and this is his debut for Westworld. Uh, so that's pretty neat. Uh, and it was written by a guy named Dan Dietz. Uh, I don't have much information about him. And this episode, uh, there's no uh, viewership listed, but last week's The Riddle of the Sphinx uh, is the third lowest uh, watch show so far. 
of the entire two seasons. Um, but that was a mistake. That's insane. Yeah, yeah. It's it's and the week before was the third lowest, and now that's that's the uh, not as much. Now that's the fourth. So that uh, was one of the best episodes ever. That's what most people were saying. Absolutely. Well, I'm hoping that I, I've heard from other places some people who are not so happy with the way the season is progressing. Uh, uh, that's their opinion. I have no idea if it's widespread or not. Uh, but yeah, that was the problem is with that being one of the best episodes of the series so far is that you don't know it before it airs, right? Sure. So if they decided I'm not that interested in watching it, they don't know they're going to miss something important. Maybe yeah, those people caught true. up with it afterwards. They caught up with it on HB Now Go or whatever it is. Uh, and do you know if those numbers include uh, the streaming apps? Um, it it includes those who watched it on live TV and anybody who started watching it that hour on uh, streaming. So it only includes numbers from the exact time they air it live. And, and, yeah, right, right. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, so basically... So anybody, anybody who watched it today isn't counted. That's right, that's right. All right. Yeah, yeah, so... Yeah, I think they need to uh, adjust that in the future. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how they'll, they'll determine, but as we discussed last week, um, they're satisfied, meaning HBO is, and it has already been picked up for season three. Right, and this isn't a case of uh, HBO is uh, uh, charging advertisers like you know CBS does. You know, so they don't really have to worry about the ratings. They know what their internal numbers say. They'll know how many times it was downloaded. Uh, or streamed through HBO now, HBO now and HBO Go. They see what their subscription numbers are when it's on and off the air. Uh, so that's going to matter to them a lot more, and they don't also have to publicize it, you know, the same way that the Nielsen ratings do. So whatever the, the magic is that they do for that matters a lot more to other networks with commercials than to a non-commercial network. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's uh, curious how TV is now because obviously uh, regular TV. Um, Commercials and the amount they get for commercials are very important versus um, television like HBO where there is no advertisement at all. Um, it's just viewership, I guess, uh, streamings and whatever people pay. Um, all right, so uh, that's all I've got for that. So uh, any further things anybody wanted to bring up to general that's related to the episode prior to details of it? Anyone? Well, from what I can figure out, the episode title, we were talking a little bit about this last week, is Mai was referring to dance. And so this is basically saying dance of Akani. Okay, yeah, right. Yeah, Akani is a, a common first name in Japan, and, and uh, no Mai means um, the dance part. So dance of. So, so they, do, they appear to do it similar to uh, many other languages that aren't like English. Where they do the adjective or adverb after the noun, um, and then they have the the, um, the little word of in between. Possessive, yeah. Yeah, possessive. Thank you. That's what I'm for. So, um, yeah, most languages that way. Because I, I, I was working with this Persian guy, or I should say Iranian guy, and uh, he spoke Persian, um, and. Uh, I asked him that because I knew Spanish and French and German or whatever did it different than um, English. And it appears that uh, Persian did too. And here it appears that Japanese does too. So I think English is the quote-unquote bizarre language. 
we do it differently. Well, yeah, as anybody who speaks any other language, they will tell you that if they've tried to learn English. Yeah, that's what they say. They say, they say it's a they say it's a very difficult language to learn English because it makes no damn sense. We grew up with it. Fuck you! It's uh, the most beautiful language in the world. God damn it! It's perfect and flawless. It, it makes perfect and sense. And stupid. <laughs> Eric, that's your favorite word. I'm beginning to think everything's stupid. No, just I think I think it makes perfect sense for the word cleave to mean separate and to cling. Okay. So that it's its own antonym. That just that just is a perfect example of, of logic logical consistency. That's a. <laughs> anyway. Right. Right. Uh, so. right, right. Yes. Yes. Uh, oh, actually, uh, just a quickie. Uh, when I was in Quebec, uh, um, the menu happened to be in French, and so the waitress was telling us what each of the desserts meant, and then she pointed to this last one, and she goes, "I'm not sure how to say this one in English." And I go, oh, it's it's just cream brulee. So we, we adapt. Any ah. Yeah. So and she thought that was a riot. Um, okay. So let's talk about this episode here. What did you? Th- well, yeah. Let's talk about how what we all thought about it. So let's start with you, Mike. State the obvious, which is that it's not as good as last week. Um, that was going to be hard to top. Well, I, I still think Union number two was the best of the season so far, but. Anyway, you thought what? Episode two was the best. Myself. Okay, but it's I don't think yeah I don't think this was uh, the best episode. It was nice to see it change. It, there was a little bit of a subtle jab at the creative process uh, and sequels, just sort of rewriting the story that was there the the first time, uh, and that was kind of that was kind of humorous. Uh, I don't know where they're going now for spending any more. T- Time in Shogun World, or they're going to be moving on back to West World. Uh, it, it was it was overall it was a decent episode. It wasn't the best one they've done, uh, but I was happy with it. So we'll talk more as we get further into the episode. All right, um, Eric, what do you think? Uh, I liked it a lot. Uh, they're sticking with their plan of. Uh, Focusing on a couple of storylines every week. This week was just Maeve and Dolores. That's pretty much all we got. And sadly, I'm starting to feel like any time spent with Dolores is time wasted. Uh, because I'm really not driven on that storyline at all. Uh, but I love the time we spent with Maeve and her crew this episode in Shogun World. Uh, I thought that was a lot of fun. All right, very good. Uh, yeah, for me, um, I felt this was the weakest episode so far this season. Um, I felt the Meeve stuff was way too uh, too much stuff in one episode because if this was done differently or last season, they would have dragged out the the things a little bit where we would have figured out that these are just carbon copies of their characters in another world. We learn all that like. Hey, look at that! That's us. And it was just a little too much. And then I'm not sure if I'm liking the god power that's happening with her character. And then as, yeah, it's a little sketchy. Yeah, and then as Eric, you said, yeah, and I think Mike said last week, and a lot of people are saying, like Joanna Robinson and other podcasts, the Dolores stuff is, is just crap all up, unfortunately. 
Um, so yeah, I, I wasn't really too happy about this episode. So those are my feelings. So let, let me say on the Dolores stuff, I'm not willing to say it's crapola. The problem is that they are playing their, their cards so close to the vest that we don't really know what she's up to. We don't know what the drive is, and that makes it hard for us to get invested in it. Right? We don't know what her plan is. Is she is he closer to getting to her plan or not? Well, she's uh, unlikable too. I just kind of think. Well, I mean, yeah, you, you well, you can get that argument, but we know she's the villain, so I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, right? that's fair. Is um, I, I kind of you know knew where they were kind of going with the with with Teddy this week, although I was expecting her to kill Teddy. I wasn't expecting her to try to reprogram him. Um, but it may very well be that like some of the storylines we complained about last season that worked a lot better after the series was over, and therefore we we knew where they were going. We knew what the point of them was. Where here we don't get the point yet. Maybe that'll work this time. We'll see. As far as godlike powers, I'm only hoping that this is a temporary thing, uh, because there's no place else to go with the character once you've turned her into a godlike being. This is the sort of thing that they have like a six season plan for this and so if this was a six season robot revolution this is the the, uh, sort of Neo learns to fly at the end of the Matrix thing. This This is the sort of power you find at the end of the story not at the beginning of the story. Right. So I have to imagine this is not going to last very long, and I have some reasons in my mind how that might happen. But they have at least established it. They have talked about how the, the machines can communicate uh, yeah. to each other earlier in the season. Yeah, and how so, was that? So, is it? So, is like like a Wi-Fi or something, right? Yeah, they have sort of like Bluetooth Imagine Wi-Fi. That, right. Yeah, the cloud. Yep. Right. Better. Yeah. So, um, alright, so um, that's pretty much uh, our feelings, anyway, uh, generally, of the episode as a standalone, each of us a little different. Um, so, I guess we could uh, discuss uh, specifics. Um, and I guess we could probably split it into two storylines rather than going bouncing back and forth. We could just say Dolores. Let's start at the beginning, which is the first scene before the credits, because it doesn't connect to either of the other two storylines directly, which is that uh, uh, they open up with uh, Bernard uh, looking on as they're they're piling dead host bodies in the the Mesa, you know, the headquarters, and they're pulling out the brain units trying to figure out what the hell happened. Uh, yeah, so this is the two weeks later timeline. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah. Um, and so they're trying to figure out what the hell happened, and they're finding that at least a third of the little white brains that they're pulling out of the hosts appear as if they've never had any information in them at all, which is very disconcerting to the tech people involved uh, because they were all in hosts that were theoretically active, so they don't understand how it could look like that. In the cloud. But... <laughs> <laughs> Eric, we we discussed this last week too, which is um, 
unless you do a total hard um, reboot of a disc or whatever, you're always going to have pointers that are still just going to be sitting around there. Um, and it appears that that's not the case. They literally right. wiped out everything. Yes. The, yes, the word the word virgin was used to describe them. If there was something there in the first place, and that's right. what I'll be curious. Yeah, you know, they, right. they, they theoretically could have yanked the old unit and put it in a new one that's never been used. But that would right. be or, even weirder. Or, or what about this? Is that they never had anything on them in the first place, and all, all along they were being run by something in, in the cloud. I know you hate that word, but I don't think that makes sense. Well, yeah. the question is, who, what I want to know is, who are the third? Right. Right. And, like, are, could these be, I don't know, Ghost Nation? Could this be, uh, like, the new characters added to the current storyline? Explain what the third is, Mike. People may not know what you mean. I mean, the third. They said it's one third had, been, had no nothing written right. in it. Gotcha. So which, which, are the, which third? Is it, is it a seemingly random sample? Uh, you know, we aren't seeing a lot of these dead bodies, so... Like, is one of them, I, like, if one of those was Dolores' body, right, right, that was wiped clean, then we know there, there's something up, right? That's something that, that it's more significant than if it's simply, you know... Random uh, cowboy number right, five. Right, exactly. Right. So so which ha which does it happen to be? Well, I'm sure they brought it up. They will be paying it off, hopefully, this season. Well, and on top of the pile is Teddy. Okay. So he's he's one of the bodies there. And I was, could could it be her followers that she's doing this to? And is this and I was wondering, does this have any, anything to do with uh, her comment about uh, some of you are not meant to get to the valley beyond? Well, yeah, uh, I don't know. I've I've heard a theory. Um, I'm not sure if I even want to talk about it or not, but uh, it's it's interesting. Um, I'll, I'll save it for another episode. Sorry, uh, it wasn't from Joanna Robinson and Jay Vincent. It, it, it is. Oh, it it is. Is. I must know you, what you it is. If you, brought, if you brought it up, I would probably know because I've listened to that. <laughs> okay, fine. Mike's going to get mad. So uh, the theory is posed by I don't know if she's the one who came up with it or if she's repeating it off of Reddit because. Uh, she's knee deep in that now. Joanne Robinson was talking about the theory of, uh, I think somebody involved with the show mentioned to her something about a, tr or, or somebody on Reddit mentioned something about a Trojan horse. Um, so they're thinking that maybe all of these dead bodies at some point will be reanimated under Dolores' control inside the Mesa. Okay. Or, which would be a helpful plan if, if she could pull that off. Or Maze Control. Well, there's that too. Although they still haven't. But Teddy was there, that which makes it point more toward the Yeah, yeah. Right. And yeah. I don't think I I don't think Maeve and Dolores are on the same side. Well, what about this scenario, Eric? Which is we're all, we keep on thinking that it's something else. But what happens if if at the end of the season it was Maeve? Who does the wipeout of all the the bad robots, or who what she considers bad robots? I so when don't you, understand when, the motivation there. When we, well, catch we, don't, up, we don't know why she would do it, but and if it's what if she's wiping out Dolores' followers? 
Well, that's the thing because we know she doesn't like necessarily like Dolores based off of the right. earlier interaction. And within the next two weeks, what's going to happen that Dolores does that will probably be bad because that's all she does now. So I think it, I think the only thing that could put Maeve and Dolores on a collision course is if Dolores does something to Maeve's daughter. Because at this point, I really believe that that's all Maeve wants is to find her daughter. And the only reason she's experiencing conflict with other hosts is because they're all off their storyline, too. And they're in her way and or attempting to harm her and her friends. So when she helps her Japanese version, Akane, you're saying it's just because she's using that to get to her daughter? It's because than empathy to... No, you're, you're right. That is empathy. Um, good point, Phil. Yeah, I mean, it could be... I mean, you're right. I think her main motivation is the daughter, and she brings it up again uh, tonight, or I should say this latest episode. But by the end of the episode, it appears that some of her feelings were actually um, humanist in a sense. So I'm thinking maybe she's um, doing what a Teddy's doing, which is developing into a different type of robot. In other words, she's, she's being more, well, yeah. one, not as one note anymore. Yeah, okay. and I, I am personally of the opinion that Maeve is truly sentient and she is on her own path now, whereas I'm still not convinced that Dolores is not following uh, a storyline written for her by Ford. Um, I was just listening to an episode of the Writer's Blockbuster podcast, which is uh, hosted by a a trio of of screenwriters, um, and I found it really good, really informative. I highly recommend it. And one of the things they point out, or or pointed me out again in the most recent episode that I listened to, was that a writer's job is to hurt the audience. It's to punish the audience. That you don't ever give the audience what they want because then the story gets really boring really fast and with that in mind I can't imagine that Dolores not Dolores, that Maeve is going to get her daughter back without some pain and suffering somewhere in there right? Uh, because if she does then Maeve's story is going to end there's a good chance that Maeve's story will end this season um, because it might be her final Thing, I, I something's bad is going to happen to Maeve's daughter. I suspect she's going to find out something bad has happened to her daughter um, already in the past. So but, it wouldn't shock me. But but back to the original uh, theorizing about the empty eggs and the and the hosts and the in the Mesa. I I have a hard time associating that at all with Maeve. That that seems like a hundred percent the Laura storyline to me. Yeah, and you could be right. I mean, one thing we know about Dolores and one thing we know about Maeve is they're both cunning and smart. So the question is, which of the two do it? But then again, it also could be even someone like Bernard or or Elsie or a wild card. It may not even be either of the two. Right, and let's remember, we wouldn't have figured out Dolores would be where she is now before the end of last season. That's right. That's right. Yeah, you know, we would have never guessed. I was thinking she was going to become a warrior cowgirl that, that fights 
the baddies, but in fact she is kind of what she is. Just the baddies are humans, and you don't like that. No, 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 because she's killing other robots as well. Everything she does is self-interest. You know, whether it's to do what she's about to do to Teddy, whether it's to execute all the. Um, oh, but it's for the, Teddy's own good. Well, and see, that's my, my point: is that everything for everything she does, she isn't. In other words, you're saying that I'm upset because. <laughs> well, was you, Phil? Right, fair enough. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I, I think there could be a wild card that we don't know about yet. Um, and we still haven't even seen uh, um, Tessa Thompson, uh, Charlotte's character recently either. She's literally disappeared three episodes now. So That's um, fine. She bores me. Well, she, no, she, was, she had a brief appearance, uh, didn't she? Oh, you right, last episode? year. Yeah, she did have a brief appearance because she stole but, Abernathy, I think. Right, but uh, I'm not sure she was saying where is Abernathy? What happened? Was that two episodes ago? Um, what I'm not entirely sure, though, that Maeve is that different from Dolores, because she's manipulating all these people's chains to get them to get to her yeah. daughter. We just yeah. happen to have a, happen to know what her end goal is. We don't really know what Dolores's is. And right. we have seen Maeve... Maeve has used her own fellow robot kind, sort of. You know, she's building up quite a body count, and is overriding their sense of free will. And you got to ask at this point, is she really all that different from the people who run the park in the way she's using the other their hosts? Hmm. Right, right. I would so, say that the difference is that she generally doesn't bring harm to others unless they're going to harm her. Okay, and that is certainly a fair point. But the question is, what happens when, uh, when you get to... If, if my hypothetical is correct, when she gets back to Westworld finds her daughter and something terrible has happened to her daughter or her daughter has been destroyed or she's been zombified like Clementine and how does she react to that? Or Nitro Grisland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, is she the type that will go crazy in vengeance or will she be the type that will say we have to change the world? That's a good question, Mike. And I'll also say that while there's absolutely no reason why the same writing group has to follow the same rhythms and patterns as previous seasons, you know, though we have seen that like in Game of Thrones, where like the penultimate episode tends to be bigger than the the, the final episode. Um, it was around episode seven last year, I think, when we found out that Bernard was actually a robot. Right. Uh, so, and that was where we. Started to, to all the pieces really start to click in, and so I'm wondering, you know, if that's the case, then we might start getting some really big reveals in the next oh two episodes or so, uh, if they follow that same pattern, which is a, a massive, you know, size seventy two point font if, mm -hmm. right. Well, and I think uh, another reason I'm enjoying Maeve's storyline more than Dolores is because I understand. What Maeve's goal is, I don't really understand what Dolores's goal is. I mean, yeah, be free. What the fuck does that mean to the psycho robot who's on a killing rampage? Yeah. yeah. I think the uh, other thing that helps Maeve is that Maeve has all, all these characters we already know. Now we yeah. know and like, 
like yep. Felix or 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 no and and piss on like Lee and Sylvester. <laughs> Um, say, this this episode is the first time I enjoyed Lee Sizemore's character. <laughs> I thought he was actually really funny in this episode. Right, but we don't. Who is Dolores hanging out with? Teddy, who is who is until recently been the blandest, most boring character, deliberately so, boring character in the entire series. Right, it's right. about to change, and that might be about to change. All right. And if she had more regular players, I mean, she's got the lobotomized Clementine. That's no fun. Right. Uh, you know, if they had uh, Stephen Ogg's character following her along, you know, maybe we could have a little bit more fun with it. But Who's it's really Ogg? just watching her and Teddy. Uh, Stephen Ogg is the guy that they reprogrammed uh, two weeks ago to be the good robot. <coughs> the guy with the mustache. With the handlebar mustache who drank Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy, yeah. The guy that's dressed like like a carnival... Barker or something. Oh, kind of, sort of. Yeah, right. yeah, he's in a suit. With a top hat. Yeah, he's the got top. a top hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's a fair point. There's there's less interesting characters or characters that, that mostly everybody around Dolores are, are red shirts, right? Except for Teddy and maybe Clementine, and Clementine does nothing anyway. So while Dolores has a bunch of characters that we either whether we like them or not. Are, are actual fully developed characters that we know uh, from Sylvester all the way to Lee and um, Hector and so forth. Uh, so that's a good point. Um, well, I'm thinking and I like mostly the flashback uh, scenes the most this whole season. Um, and, and, and though Bernard I was never really... A, liked all that much. I mean, I never disliked them. I just was indifferent. Uh, um, his storyline seems to be the most interesting of the bunch, in my opinion, this season. Um, and I, I don't know why. It's just, it's just for me, anyway. Um, for listeners, what's your opinion? What is the most interesting uh, scenes or, or storylines? And, uh, and dark, why do you think the Dolores storyline sucks this year? <laughs> dark, dark discussions at AOL.com. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and it appears we're not the only podcast that thinks that is as uh, well as well. Um, it's unfortunate. I'm not sure what's up with that. Uh, I don't. I, I'm, I'm not willing to say it's never going to be interesting. I'm right. saying it's certainly not an interesting right now. Right, I, I would agree with that. It's it's a storyline that is is the weakest for sure, and has um, been the most. I guess boring or, or something. It, it's just not as. It just doesn't have the charisma to pull you in like the rest of the stories. Right now, if we find out in episode eight that she's looking for the lost ark of the covenant or something, then maybe yeah. you know the excitement factor jumps up. You know, she she got the final infinity stone, whatever it might be, and that changes the stakes. Fine, but right until they get there, we can't. It's hard to judge it right now for sure. It's just not currently compelling. So. After the credits, we jump to uh, Shogun World, <laughs> where Maeve and her crew get attacked by a group of Shogun. And Maeve tries to pull her little magic act and uh, command them, and it doesn't work. And, and they get taken prisoner and uh, walked into Shogun World. And on the way, Lee Sizemore tells Maeve, um, by the way, you can all 
speak and understand Japanese if you want to. It's in your base code. You just have to access it. Uh, and you should probably do that because that's why your little uh, parlor trick didn't work is because you were speaking the wrong language. And <laughs> along the way, there's a couple of, there's a couple of fun moments. One is when, uh, cause all the shogun are speaking Japanese. And, uh, at one point, Sylvester turns around to Felix and says, can't you say anything to them? And Felix goes, I'm from Hong Kong, asshole. <laughs> I thought that was a that was a which, great little moment. Which, which, however, a part a part of me suspects there's a large segment of the uh, the audience that said, "And <laughs> you're probably right. You're probably right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Japan, I, it would have been it would have would have been easier. And China are different places. They do not speak the same language. I, I, I think it would have been more clear if he had said something like, uh, you know, I'm from Chicago, asshole. You know, that might have uh-huh. and, made that and China doesn't even speak the same language, depending on where... That's true, different yeah. dialects. Uh-huh. Uh, well, actually, they're not even dialects. Cantonese and Mandarin are completely different. And then between those, you're right, there is multiple dialects even under those. So, Yeah, uh, I wouldn't want to try and learn either of those, because I've been told that inflection is everything in that language, and if you you can say the same word a few different ways to mean a few different things, and if you do it wrong, you can get yourself in a lot of trouble real quick. Yeah, right, exactly, the inflection. So, it, hello is much different than hello. Well, All right, exactly. In English, it means the same thing. Exactly, so, yep. Yeah, yeah good. But, right. uh, so they get, they get uh, dragged into... Shogun world, and they get into town. And uh, I'm going to walk you through how I experienced this scene, which is that uh, they're walking into town, and one of the characters, I can't remember who, says, this seems a, a really familiar, or almost too familiar. And then I noticed the music, and yeah. the music is uh, 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 an black. orchestrated so version of black, right? Ain't It Black, only... Yeah done in a Japanese style. I'm thinking to myself, they did this song, they used this song last year. This is, what the hell's the deal with this? This is lazy. Did they just, if you pay for the rights, do you have the rights and are they using it because they don't have to pay again for it? Or what's the deal here? Why did they use it again? That doesn't, and and just then, uh, the guy walks up to the, to the one on the horse and says, hey, that's so-and-so's horse. And I was like, yeah, it's his weapon too. And he, I'm like, Oh shit! <laughs> this is the same scene. That's why. And this is the heist scene redone in Shogun World, which is why they're using the same music from the heist scene. Is because this is also the heist scene, and we get to see the whole thing reenacted uh, by Japanese characters with bows and arrows instead of guns uh, and swords, and the whole, whole thing's pretty awesome. Right, like from the, because this is all goes back to episode one of season one, and where Armistice they lay out that they unroll the wrap of, of rifles for it to pick up. Here they unroll the the blanket, whatever, and there's the bow and arrows in it. And it was um, very nice of them to show us that on the previously on Westworld. See, I, I, I don't pay attention to that anymore because it's spoilers. Ah, uh, well, it's things that have already happened. Yeah, but it's spoil. But, but as Phil has pointed out in the past that if they suddenly bring something up we have not, not seen it previously on, 
episode, which they have, which they did do to good effect in Game of Thrones by fucking us in uh, in one episode by setting us up to think one thing was going to happen. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 going to be oh, there's that character we haven't seen in a year. I wonder uh-huh. if they're going to show up in this episode. Um, <laughs> but but sometimes it's important. Oh, but some, well, but, but I've seen this show recently. I'm pretty sure I'll catch it. Uh, and I like I've listened to the Westworld soundtrack a lot when I'm working now. I've had it, and, and especially to that uh, rendition of Painted Black, which I, I uh-huh. really like. So uh-huh. I, I like on the first like four notes, I knew exactly where they were going with. It. Like, are they? Wait, are they? Are they? <laughs> holy shit, they are. Gonna, and I thought, right. okay, well, that's a neat thing. They're going to do a Japanese, or I went the opposite way. You, I thought it was neat that they were going to. I knew they were going to be guys a comparison by doing a, a Japanese arrangement of painted black in the same way they did a Western arrangement, an orchestral arrangement of painted black. But mm-hmm. then for them, yeah, to to fold it into the entire thing, play out. And I know it's been you have it's been twenty four hours. So sometime in the, the next fifteen minutes or so, somebody online will be putting up on YouTube a split screen. Of the original scene, <laughs> right, right, and the and, and the new scene queued up with the same music running under it, so you can see the comparisons because there was a lot of stuff that was shot for shot. Um, I, I love Lee's Lee's response. He goes when they confront him with that. He goes, "What do you expect when you only have three weeks to to write all this stuff? Yeah, there's going to be a lot of stories. Plagiar- yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of plagiarizing. <laughs> right. So basically, there are doubles of all of the hosts." From Westworld and Shogun World, uh, they're, they're, they call them doppelbots, I think. Uh, uh, doppelganger bots. Uh, there's one for me, there's one for Armistice, there's one for Hector. And uh, <laughs> it's just, it's just this, this whole scene was a lot of fun for me, is Lee trying to explain everything to Maeve about uh, what's going on. And there's a fun scene where uh, Lee's trying to warn her about weird things can happen if you run into your double. And he's like, uh, you can you get stuck in, in, in logic loops, you get stuck in, in, in you know, uh, malfunctions, and then and he points across the room and goes, and that? <laughs> and across the room, Armistice and her double are sitting on the floor, just staring at each other, like leaning their heads in opposite directions. <laughs> it was really funny for me for some reason. But he and just it, said, and that? Oh, it, it, it reminded me of, uh, of Back to the Future, how you can't run into your past self, you're, you're not allowed to, or something right, bad right. will happen. Uh, was, yeah, same kind of idea. It was, yeah, that was funny. It was, because yeah, they're, they're, they're fascinated with each other, because they're, they're, they're themselves, but they're not themselves. And I'm, I got, personally, the uh, Akani's, uh, whatever you want to call it, Akani's dancer, uh, to Sakura? me was Sakura was was yeah, well, who to me she like supposed to be? I think she's Clementine. That's mm-hmm. what I was thinking too. Because if you look, Clementine uh, is and I'm not sure if they showed this on the previously on or where we've seen Clementine in her dress mm-hmm. uh, within that to her because Clementine well May was always dressed in red as Akani is, then Clementine was always dressed in blue, and mm-hmm. as uh, what's her face is. Uh, Sakura, Sakura, as Sakura, Sakura. is. Yeah. So while she was certainly in some way a, uh, sometimes though, Meve and Clementine aren't dressed at all. Sorry, yes, we know. 
<laughs> but so while she's obviously in some ways meant to evoke uh, Mew's daughter because of uh, <laughs> the, the relationship, her role basically seems to be Clementine's. And if you think about it, you know, because she says, well, you program me not to care about anyone at all, and I love my daughter. But she was also attached to Clementine. Oh, yeah, she, she, sure she took it personally when Clementine got, got shut down. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so Clementine, in some ways, was act surrogate. Surrogate. That's what I was thinking of. Clementine, in some ways, is acting as her surrogate daughter. Uh, so she always had some attachment to other people. Well, and there's uh, we're not quite there in the storyline yet, but there's a there's a confrontation between Maeve and Lee later uh, revolving around that. So we'll get there after the events of the night, uh, which is that. Uh, that night, after they're all settled in with each other and introduced, um, they get attacked by ninjas, which is fun. <laughs> There's a great fight scene where they're they're fighting ninjas with, well, the one Shogun is holding his own, and then uh, they're using guns against ninja. And Maeve is trying to now that she's accessed her Japanese, she's trying to issue them commands, uh, but the one that's attacking her is smart enough to keep on covering her mouth so that she can't, and uh, eventually ends up pinning her up against the post and choking her, and it looks like Maeve's going to die, but then all of a sudden uh, she makes eye contact with the guy and somehow uh, communicates to him even though she can't speak. Well, and also we find out later that even if she could speak, most of these drone ninjas probably couldn't hear her anyway, right? Because their ears were burnt out. No, that well, I think later. that happens after. Yeah. yeah, that happens after. So, uh, because because she communicates with this guy, and what he does is, uh, at her command, impales his own head on a spike, and then the ninja across the room, who's been uh, about to kill Lee says, Anjulji, which roughly translates to, she's a witch! And runs away. Uh, and the ninjas go, and they tell their master about the whole thing, and that's when he burns everybody's ears out. Gotcha, gotcha. I don't think I would have told my master anything. <laughs> I don't want my ears burnt. <laughs> well, I don't think they were expecting that. <laughs> Probably. Probably not. I think they were expecting... Boy, she's a witch. You're expecting. Oh shit! Let's get our asses out of here. <laughs> nah, see, I don't. I don't need no stinking dance. No. Nope, this, this is one of the flaws of this whole storyline. I felt was it was much too quick because it was way too easy for them all to look, uh, immediately just go. She's a witch because I would think most of them if wouldn't immediately think that they would just stop and say, "What the hell just happened? This doesn't make any sense." But they're trying to cram in so much this week in this storyline that a lot of it just happens quick and or through accident. I think that's a Phil issue, not a story issue. Uh, um, well, maybe. I, I don't know. I, I just it did, it doesn't it didn't flow as easily as other, I guess, storylines or episodes. Yeah, I think opinion. I think in. The- their defense, this is a storyline that for it, it is called Westworld. So if you're flipping through channels looking for Westworld, the samurai might throw you off. 
uh, but this storyline really is not directly connected or does not seem to be directly connected to the bigger issues. And so I don't, don't think they wanted to spend... Because fans wanted to get to Shogun World. I don't think that they wanted to spend a lot of time away from the main storyline. So I think they wanted to get it all done and wrapped up in a single episode. And so, yeah, they moved this storyline pretty quickly. Uh, I think a lot of other storylines on this scale probably would have been two episodes. But it also would have yes. had more storyline. But this also would have been interspersed with three or four other storylines. So I don't think it would have been faster if you just looked at it on its own. I, also, I think it just would have been chopped up more. I also felt the the fights were too convenient um, because we're talking about bloodthirsty bandits and samurais and all that, and I was not really concerned that any of the Westworld robots or people were going to die, and sure enough, they didn't, but based off of the excessive, uh, um, I, I don't know, I, I guess violence, but excessive force, that was used, it, it surprises me that uh, no one did get hurt, really, or die, and I felt that just felt a little... Uh, well, well it, is, it is supposed to be an amusement park, not a murder park. Yeah, but we're already to pa aren't they already passed into uh, screwed up robots, too, where they can kill anybody? No, because this the, the pro you don't have a problem with the robots here, you have a problem with one damage, as far as we, we can tell, with a single damaged robot in, in Shogun World. Oh, I don't think that's true. Yeah, because weren't they going to kill Lee? And he was human, right? And, well, and, and the Geisha wasn't supposed to uh, that's right. Sakura. She that's wasn't right. supposed to kill that dude. She was supposed to let Sakura go. Right, and Lee well, got to use an expository by going, that wasn't supposed to happen. Well, but because they've already gone off the rails. And you had one malfunction robot has already taken the story path, story off of its track. That would, that's, that's where, I don't know. But, we, I mean, we've seen characters threatened all the time in Westworld in the first season when the safety protocols were still in place. You know, they didn't actually kill anybody. So now, that might not apply with the humans. We don't know how the, the human, uh, the, sorry, how the uh, hosts are registering, how, like, Maeve and, and uh, Hector are registering, if they're registering as guests or if they're registering as hosts to the hosts in the other park. But I don't think that Lee or uh, Sylvester or Felix were probably in any real danger. Cause so you don't think any of those corpses they lost past were actual humans? Oh, you know what? It did, oh. Yeah, I forgot. Those, those were the... Uh, that was the cavalry, wasn't it? Uh-huh. All right, I did forget about that. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, so I don't know. Well, that's true. So the safety protocols could be off. But it doesn't mean anybody's gained awareness. That's okay. I'll go with you there. But but they're definitely they're definitely having the same problems in this park that they're having in Westworld. All right. Okay. Yeah, I forgot about that. I stand corrected. Yeah, so uh so yeah, so I if if they do have the same problems as they do in Westworld, I felt that there was too much plot armor for every character, even the Sebastians, or, or whatever his name is, as all the way to Ma Maeve. Uh, especially, especially since there was a lot of action and violence, you know. You, you would Not everybody can die in every episode, Phil. You have to have some characters left. 
Yeah, I, that's true. But but I think why I, I've stopped watching other shows, not necessarily this show, but other shows, is because they have characters in too much danger and nothing happens to them. And I've, I've stopped reading book series because of that, never mind television series. So I wish they would, wouldn't have the, these scenes where there's too much danger. Oh, uh, you're just no fun. But if that was the case, we would have stopped up to like two, two two James Bond movies, you know. It's, um, <laughs> I was about to say something about James Bond. Um, <laughs> uh, but again, this show is yeah, so is way too no much fun. of it compared to last whole season, where where people were in danger, but it wasn't like continuously like Let's this. Go. All right, point point uh, made. This I didn't right. have a problem yeah. with it. But yeah. you've got yours. All right. Yeah, yeah, just just an opinion. That's all. I'm just throwing it out there. Um, all right. So, um, Meeve does say that line to uh, Akane, which is, "This isn't your problem. No, this isn't my problem. You're right. It's our problem. Or, or this isn't your problem. You're right. It's our problem." Meaning well, that, that comes a little later. Um, yeah, and, and the scene the scene that I was talking about with her and Lee comes before that and I definitely want to hit that real quick sure, uh, which, is, which is that uh, Maeve has this conversation with Lee and because <laughs> they're going after Sakura and Lee says something to the effect of why are we all putting our lines our lives on the line for this sex spot and Maeve glares at her and he goes uh, present company excluded <laughs> It's like, come on, man. <laughs> Think about your audience. But uh, he's basically talking about how he doesn't understand why why she's going after Sakura. And Maeve turns to him and says, look, you can't keep on giving us people to love and then getting mad when we love them. And he's, he's like, but you don't have feelings. You're just robots. And she's like, the fuck I don't. <laughs> she's basically like, look. Uh, you, you may have written me that way originally, but I love my daughter, and I want to find her, and that's what's driving me. And if you ever say anything about my daughter again, I will snap you like a matchstick. He's like, oh, okay then. So I thought that exchange was important and interesting because Lee is of the Phil mindset, which is that these are all just objects. Uh, they don't have any feelings or emotions. And but with this one standing right in front of him is telling you, telling him that you are wrong. I do have feelings and emotions, and I'm acting on them. Well, even if she does have feelings and emotions, it's still all a uh, computer program. Says you. Yes, that is correct. And Lee has the same point of view because he's the one that wrote the stories, and you can tell it's bugging the crap out of him. <laughs> These robots aren't following his storylines. Uh, or even if, he, even if he did reuse them, uh, he wrote all these stories and he's pissed that they're not being followed. Right. Or the stories that he co-opted from somebody else. <laughs> right. Well, I think at least he was ripping himself off. I, I think he wrote the original narrative in Westworld that he's yeah. getting here in Shogun World. Exactly. That's what, That's what, how I figured it, too. To be honest, I mean, I mean, he wrote all of Hector's story. So if he wrote all of Hector's story, and this is just a clone of Hector's story, then he, then yeah, this is just a ripoff of his original story. Mm-hmm. You know, 
Um, because he even mentioned that Hector was like, or, or Maeve's, Maeve said it, that Hector's like a dark version of him or something that he yeah. intentionally made. So. so, I just wanted to hit that scene real quick, and then we get to what Phil was just talking about uh, when Maeve tells uh, Akane that uh, it's their problem, not her problem, and they're going to face it together. And while they're on the road to the Shogun encampment, um, at one point, Lee runs off to take a leak, and they find the bodies of the uh, response team strung up on the side of the road. And while he's taking a leak, Lee hears one of the radios uh, receiving a transmission, and so he kind of hops over there and grabs it off the dead guy. So Lee's got a radio now, and I'm wondering how that's going to come into play a little later. And that was one of the cavalry, right? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah, I know. That's going to be curious, too, to see how it plays. I mean, I was thinking it could play anything from the walkie-talkie going off when they're supposed to be hiding. and, and <laughs> Right. You know, so it could be just something like that, or it could be something much more, which is uh, connecting with whoever is out there. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm trying to I'm trying to think of who's out there, but <laughs> almost everybody's I, captured by the, the Ghost Nation or something anyway, so... Oh, like I was uh, I was listening to one of Joanna Robinson's uh, podcast today where she interviewed Simon Quarterman, the guy who plays Lee Sizemore, uh, and she asked him if he had anything he wanted to say about that radio, and he said, not a thing, not a single thing. I am not saying a single thing about that radio. You can't make me. <laughs> now, is he, at, does he actually, is he actually English? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, just curious. Um, yeah, yeah. He, he, if he did, he probably actually, he'd be in a lot of trouble. I, I just thought it was funny how he was making yeah. no bones about it that there's no way in hell he was answering that question. Right, right. That is too funny. Um, so yeah, that's going to be an important thing. Um, and you know, Mike, uh, when they say previously on, on Westworld, they're going to show that scene when he picks up the. So walkie talker. Yeah, still- it'll be sometime late season four. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Jeez. Um. All right. So what else? Um. Uh, now the guard complex. What do you what do you what do you think's going on here? Uh. uh the God complex or the God? Because, like, Shogun has a God complex. Well. Are you talking about Maeve's thing? Yeah, yeah. And, and will Akani have it? And will Akani continue to be a co star of the the show now? I, I mean, are these West, are these samurai world characters just temporarily, or do you think they're now going to be part we'll of find them? out. And, and will her clone, which is Akani and Samurai, have the same powers as her, or is it just her, her version of? Well, she uh, she tinkered with her programming, right? So oh, she, that's, right, that's right. So I'm pretty sure she just has her. She's the only one who's going to have those powers, right? Whether or not um, Akani sticks with them for the long term, or you know, she's going to be with them for a couple of episodes, I'm sure. I don't think they brought they did all this just to bring her in for a single show, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, they, uh, they, haven't, they haven't wrapped it up yet either. So, 
Right. They have to keep her. Yep. Uh, were there any of the other Japanese characters going along with them? Um, yeah, the the main samurai guy that. Yeah. Uh, I think which is Hector's clone, right? Uh, uh yeah, yeah, yeah. Musashi. Yeah. Oh, and and then um, uh, yeah, Musashi. What, what, what's the one with the snake pen to her her character? I don't know. The, the Japanese armistice. Yeah, armistice. That's it. Yeah, so I think it's her character maybe too. Maybe with the dragon, the girl with the dragon tattoo. Well, the way this show has been going, I am pretty sure we're not going to see any of them next week. And next week's going to be more Man in Black uh, Bernard storyline. That's what I'm guessing, too, Eric, yes. Yep. That's my guess, too. And that's fine with me, because I like that stuff, too. I like that storyline better, but again, I think that maybe something that that isn't helping the show is spending too too much time away from certain characters, and then, because certain characters, Dolores, have storylines that are not that compelling, you get way too much of that character in, in, in some episodes, and that drags that, that episode down, where it might go further with a little bit. Well, deep. Mike, I'll tell you this. Um, for example, when I rewatch Game of Thrones, I usually skip all of the Daenerys stuff, because her character was, like, uh, separate from the main story for six of the seasons and and bored me. So if we ever had like Game of Thrones episodes that just focused on Daenerys while she was on in Asteros, I would have hated those episodes and be bored. So I agree exactly uh, with you, Mike. That but but you would have loved a whole episodes dedicated to Sansa. So that's exactly right. But other people wouldn't. So I like how you. It would be like your Justin, Mike, which is to have a mix of all the characters' storylines because then, then at least well, 70% of that episode you're not going to dislike, while now you could ag- argue that if you don't like Meeve or Dolores, this whole episode was a waste of you. But or, at the same I, time, and, trying to and, cram and, everything into every episode makes it very confusing with lots of cutting and not very, spending very much time with anybody. Um, I kind of like it this way better, even if you do have to sit through some boring stuff. And there are times, like last week's episode, I, you, there was just too much happening in last week's episode to uh, to not do it the way they did. Right? Sure. Um, yeah. Because cause there's just so... I, but uh, but you also were dealing with the James Delos storyline, which really has very little to do with all the other character arcs. Right, so I don't know. So you—that's not something you could have just weaved in easily. Right, that—that right. that was necessary to get that reveal and all that done in one episode. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a fair point. Yeah. All right. Anyhow, yeah, so we're at the uh, we're at the Shogun camp, mm-hmm. and I guess they kind of try and disguise themselves. This is weird. Um. Because I guess they're trying to present the, themselves as Chinese emissaries. Yeah. And Maeve is pretending to be the translator. Well, Felix and... is from Hong Kong. <laughs> You're right. I totally, I totally fucking missed that. And they had him in a little, uh, in a little carriage, didn't they? That's pretty funny. Um, but uh, yeah, so. Uh, they've got uh, 
Akane uh, as the wife of the, the uh, is it emperor or is it? Uh, it's not the emperor, is it? I can't no, shogun. Uh, yeah, it's the yeah. What, no, it's the shogun of the camp. But who's they're they're pretending to be an important Chinese someone? Oh, or. right, right. Yeah, they, they're supposed to be, if not the emperor, someone, some some big military from China. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah, so they try and disguise themselves this way, and uh, it works for a minute, and then the Shogun realizes who Akane is, and then uh, Maeve tries to use her trick to get him out of it, and that's when, uh, well, first of all, uh, somewhere in the scene, uh, they realize that the what's what's the head Shogun's name? Do we know? I don't remember. His we name. don't. Uh, he might just be called Shogun. I think it's listed that way on IMDb. So okay, I'll keep calling him Shogun. I don't feel bad anymore. So the Shogun, we realize that he's leaking cortical fluid, and Lee sees this as on some point. It's like, oh crap! Uh, uh, you know, he's he's malfunctioning. That's why this is all going down the way it is. And so Maeve tries to use her trick to command everybody to let them go. And it turns out that the Shogun heard about her witchy ways and in order to make sure nobody would be under her spell, he burnt everybody's ears out. Uh, and, and when they walked up, you just see everybody wearing headbands and you're like, okay, they're all wearing headbands. But then you realize the headbands are going over where their ears used to be and all their ears are bloody holes. Ew! <laughs> I, look, I just gotta tell you, uh, if somebody burns my ears out, I'm calling into work the next day. <laughs> I, I would, I would, not, I got to give those guys credit for still showing up on the job. It, it, well, I don't think it was similar to, I would have taken a sick day. It's almost like uh, eunuchs, right? You know, you're, they're indentured servants, and they got to do whatever the, the ruler says, even if it's a horrible thing. Right. So uh, they see Sakura. They know she's there, and uh, Akane offers to pay any price to get her back and the Shogun says if you dance for me with her tonight you can have her. Right. So uh, that all gets set up and then there's a scene backstage before they go to dance uh, where Akane goes and puts her hand on Sakura's shoulder and she kind of flinches and uh, she says the Shogun wanted to make me more beautiful and then they drop her robe to reveal that on her back, oh, Jesus, <laughs> the Shogun has carved a cherry blossom tree. Now, and that's one of the most fucked up things I've ever seen. No, um, well, it's just robots. And, and, and you've seen no, Serbian films, so. Um, on a serious note, um, I don't think the Shogun represents anybody from Westworld because Lee states earlier that uh, the Shoguns they they ask him so what happens next and he goes I have no idea because the Shogun has never come to town to, to do what he's going to do so uh-huh. I don't think we've ever met in Westworld whatever character the Shogun is is a clone of you know what I'm saying right so no, I mean the only thing I could one I can even think that might be remotely in a similar position would be the, the uh the general from the uh, Confederate Army, yeah, or okay. whatever he is. Yeah. But yeah, but I, I mean, I get the sense that they 
stole a lot of stuff from Westworld, but not everything. Right. You know, just like if you play, we've compared this to a lot of computer role-playing games or uh, uh, even semi-role-playing games like Far Cry. There's always those missions. The you got to clear the rats out of the basement. You know, you gotta, right. you know, you gotta go fetch the flower from the top of the mountain. They always have those quests that are in like every freaking game. Yep. You know, and Sweetwater is kind of the kill the rats in the basement version of that. Uh, for for the West World and in Samurai World, they're not Samurai World, Shogun World. But Shogun World. it doesn't mean that there's not original stuff in there. Yeah, that's that's a fair point. There could be original stuff because Lee never really states that it's a complete clone. He just says that some storylines, like this bank robbery storyline, is a clone. And this here, these this warrior Shogun Warrior guy, isn't part of the bank robbery at all. I don't think. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so it could be original. So after the reveal of the cherry blossom tree carved onto Sakura's back, um, Maeve tries to convince Akane to to go with her, uh, and, and basically says you can you can be be free, and she starts to use her uh, influence. Her new voice, as she likes to call it, and Akane says, "No, please stop. I, I, I want this." And to her credit, Maeve does stop because she could have forced her um, to do what she wanted, but but she was like, "Okay, fine. Well, you can do what you want." So they go out there, and the Shogun makes Maeve sit next to him so he can keep an eye on her, and then Sakura and and Akane go up to dance. And just as they're about to start, the Shogun says, wait! And says, something's missing, and walks up there and uh, promptly impales Sakura with his sword right through the gut. Now let me ask you this. Did he tattoo her and, or I should say carve, I was going to say, I don't think that was a tattoo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, carve and then kill her. Did, did, did he do that because he's just a cruel bastard and it's part of how his storylines will go, whether he's he's free or not? Or is it because he has the the issue where he's leaking fluid and all that and he's just... I think it's both. That's what I think, too, Eric. Yeah. Yeah. So he kills Sakura, and then which, which total dick move? Just yes, absolutely. That's, that's like the definitive in the book dick move. <laughs> right, right, right. That that's the thing. If you're you, you know in a movie, would cause someone to come and and kill the person at the end of the movie type of thing. So well, we're getting there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so and then he commands uh, Akane to still. Pull perform for him after he does this. Um, and so she does, she, she somehow manages to compose herself and starts doing this, uh, uh, this geisha dance, which was really a lot of fun to watch. I thought I really enjoyed the dance itself. And then during the dance, she gets closer and closer to the Shogun. And as she's getting close, I noticed those things in her hair. I was like, ah, I wonder, <laughs> and then I didn't have to wonder, 
for too long because about 10 seconds later, she pulled one of the things out of her hair and used it as a weapon uh, and stabs the Shogun in the face and then pretty much uses it to saw his head in half at the mouth, uh, which was brutal uh, and awesome at the same time. And it was also a little obvious that something like that was going to happen, right? I mean, you mentioned you saw the things in her hair. Yeah, sometimes and, it's okay for a story to make sense. Right. You notice those, Eric, I'm sure. Right. Because I did, and I'm sure Phil did. It's probably because the way it was edited was to make sure you saw them, so it wasn't completely, holy shit, where did those come from? Right. But they did it well enough that I don't think... You know, it wasn't one of those, oh, we'll focus on it for five minutes to make sure you don't miss it. <laughs> right, right. It was just part of the editing of the dance. Uh, and after that happens, uh, the rest of the warriors for the Shogun force Maeve and Akane on their knees to uh, execute them. And Maeve turns to Akane and says, uh, you are a true mother. And Akane says, thank you. And then Maeve uses her new voice uh, to make her would-be executors execute each other. Or instead, they chop each other's heads off. <laughs> and then uh, she makes everybody start fighting each other. Uh, uh, and there's a whole mess of blood and gore. I was just going to say this is where I had a problem with was, there is no way that she would have been able to chop off the half of a person's head, or in this case, the samurai's head, without um, being killed down, you know, struck down herself. So I felt that was a little bizarre. And then also, when she chops open the head, since that's the brain, wouldn't we see the the egg? And and then you know what I'm saying? I don't know. It was just well, she cut him like at the jawline. Right. It wasn't that hard, far up, and you know it is still remember a a, a an amusement park. Mm. You know, so it's a it's a thing for entertainment purposes. I'm not really sure how these things are supposed to respond to something like that. Um, so I'm I'm willing to give them some credit. Uh, well, and and I'm not going to say I didn't have any problems with Shogun World because I did. Because for instance. Uh, we know in Westworld there's the safety mechanism of, of, of when you register as a human, the bullets don't hurt you. Uh, how, how, did, how did they accomplish that with swords and arrows? Um, yeah, we, we asked that when we, we did, did the Westworld podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, this is the Westworld podcast. So that still we, hasn't been be, really answered. Last season, you mean. Right. Yeah. I just assume that they have spastic samurai, you know, that just can't hit for shit. <laughs> You know. <laughs> oh boy. No, and I and I do, do agree, Phil, that, that May's new power is way too powerful. Uh they've gotta find a way to shut it down or else it's just gonna be silly. Right. Which which is yeah, they they can't they can't continue in this and it it reminds me a bit of, of um the comic book preacher where it starts out where the, the main character has a superpower. The reason he had a superpower is because it was a comic book, and it's how he got them to publish the comic book. Uh-huh. And then, after about a year or two, he more or less stops using the superpower. 
because it just has, and it, and it makes some odd sense of based on the character's sense of uh, manly honor. Uh, but it's more or less a. I never really wanted the superpower to be there. I just needed the superpower to be there to get published in the first place. Uh, and so it, it's. I kind of because it was just too. Because it was a power to make people do whatever you you wanted. Mm-hmm. You just speak the word, and people did, it. and it just made it too easy to get out of too many things. And the same thing here. So we're going to make it too easy. This is like playing the rest of the series on God mode. Yeah, right. Right. And so something has going to interfere with this later on. And the people that make this show are good enough that I can't imagine that they're not going to address this. Right. Um, so uh, I, I don't expect to see Maeve or her next episode, but, but uh, episode after, uh, I hope that uh, something will happen to uh, rectify this because I, I, I don't like the uh, whole... Uh, <laughs> uh, it's like she's she's almost like uh, what's uh, Firestarter's dad, you know the guy that had the push power. <laughs> it, it just think hard enough and they'll do what you want. Uh, only Mae doesn't even get nosebleeds. Right. All right. So once they take out this guy and she says you're a real mother and all these other things. Um, what did you think of the last line of the episode? I, I, I didn't think that this was a good cliffhanger, or, or I don't even know what you call it. It was weird. It went it cut to black or credits mm-hmm. without really wrapping up anything like they usually do, I felt. Well, they're heading back. Yeah. Well, they got a whole army charging at them. They got to deal with that first. Right. Right. So we'll see. Right. Oh, yeah, we, we forgot to mention that uh, we, we cut to Dolores a few times and she says some stupid things and then uh, modifies Teddy. <laughs> That's pretty much her whole storyline this episode. Yeah, kind of. She talks to Teddy. She has sex with Teddy. Uh, she realizes Teddy's way too nice and has her friendly tech come in and uh, boost his aggression. Now, Eric, you said... You saw this coming, or at least that Teddy was going to be taken out or something. Well, I think it was me. But yeah, that there was going to be some attempt by her to betray Teddy. So you didn't. I I, I actually f- fell for it, where I thought she was going to accept Teddy for who he was and let him be her, you know, good angel on her right shoulder type of thing. And so I was, I was tricked. Well, again, the purpose of the writer is to cause pain for the audience, and so that would be, that would be too easy. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah. So it was uh, shocking because even though Teddy is boring and Dolores is, I guess, despicable, um, I, th- th- what emotions they were trying to get out of an audience that they got for me because I was angry and sad at the same time. I'm excited. I, I want to see bad Teddy. It's got to be more interesting. Oh yeah. Yeah. You no doubt. You're, you're absolutely right. That, but I, I don't know. I was, I was rooted for Teddy. I was rooted for him to be. The ah, good screw Teddy. He's more. I, I, I don't, well, I have a feeling good. Teddy isn't gone for good. Um, I, I just, I don't think either of these characters are 
done evolving. So I don't think Dolores is going to remain the big bad for the rest of the series. Mm-hmm. I don't think that, because as you said, Eric, she's still following a script of sorts. Mm-hmm. And I have a feeling that more of these uh, hosts are going to end up awakening. And I think that might be how they take care of the Maeve issue, is that if they're awoken, then sh- I don't think she'll have the ability to control them anymore. Mm-hmm. That would be my guess. That's an interesting theory. Or she'll come to the realization that, what I said before, that really she's just as big a dick as Ford and everybody else who has control over the robots are. Mm-hmm. And will somehow remove that power from herself or just refuse to use it. Even when it's going to be really convenient for her to use it. So we'll find out. Yeah, yeah, we will. But yeah, I, I think you're right, Eric. I think uh, Teddy is going to be a bad guy starting next week. Or, or, or I should say, next time two, we see two weeks from now. Yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's not going to be next week. Um, I can't wait. Yeah. I would not have expected any of that, to be honest. But yeah. I should have prepared myself, but go on, Mike. Yeah, and there is, I should point out the, what was it, blue tongue that they're talking about, the disease that killed off Dolores' cattle. Mm-hmm. And they do tell that story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she asked Teddy, like, how would you have dealt with that problem? And Teddy, being the compassionate one, well, I would I would give the cattle shelter and quarant- basically quarantine them so because they realized that it wasn't the cows that were making the other cows sick, it was the flies. They said, well, shelter them from the other flies to keep the other flies from getting to them and quarantine them that way, separate them from the sick, sick cattle, excuse me. And Dolores said, oh, well, my daddy just burned them all. You know, burned all the sick cattle because the scent of smoke drove the flies away. Well, the problem here isn't the robots, now the problem you get into is is Maeve, because Maeve can reprogram the robots remotely, right? Right. Is she going to be the... So is this a comparison to basically say she's the fly? Hmm. I don't know. That it won't be Dolores going from place to place recruiting robots and turning them, that's going to be the problem. That's going to be something that Dolores does remotely. Not Dolores. Maeve does remotely. Hmm. I, I, I'm gonna wait at least one more Maeve episode before I make any kind of judgment on that whole situation. Uh, yeah. I'm really hoping that Kill It Dead is in the tracks because that's that's I I totally agree with that that's way too powerful of, of a thing to have. Uh, they they need they need her to not have that ability because it's just too much. Well, it'd be sort of like if the Man in Black couldn't get shot, then all of his years in Westworld would have been really boring. <laughs> So we got anything else to say about this episode? I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's a curious episode because when you really boil it down, it's just two stories, and it's really pretty. You know, I mean, it's it's not. It's just like A to B rather than all this weird flashbacks and all that stuff that we've seen right. in the others. Um, what about the one scene that that Maeve had? Flashbacks. Remember that she was. It was like yeah. these. What, what was that all about? Did you guys get that? Figure that out. Uh, she, she's having flashbacks. That's all there is to figure out. But what what did it represent at that moment at that time when she was 
You know what I'm saying? I mean, watching I watching what Akane was going through with Sukara yeah, yeah. was reminding her of what she went through with her daughter. Yeah. Okay. That's 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 right. Yep. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Mike, you have anything else that you wanted to bring up or, or whatnot? Uh, uh, I don't think so. Um, I think for the most part, this was a pretty straightforward episode. I don't think there were a lot of puzzle pieces put in place outside of the missing neurons, neural nets for the first third of the people. Um, even the big reveals of her trying to reprogram Teddy and uh, Maeve's superpower uh, were pretty straightforward in how they were handled. So it was a fun diversion to get to Samurai World or Shogun World, but I'll be glad to be going back to Westworld soon. soon. Yeah, I, I enjoy Westworld a little more. Uh, and I, sure. I still haven't answered the question about where the fuck Maeve's daughter is. And well, and we didn't really even explain how we got. That's another thing that bothered me was like, how did they even get into Samurai World on mistake? Well, the the only thing I could figure is that because of Ford's terraforming, uh, Lee thought he knew where they were, but he really didn't, and led them in the wrong direction. Yeah, that makes sense too. That's, that's the only explanation I had of, of how they ended up in Shogun World. Yeah, and I imagine, if you remember going back to the first season, they were always watching the guests on the map. So they probably always had some fail-safe plans, like to, if well, somebody's getting too close to the edge, so you send, you know, the Ghost Nation to chase them away, or bring in a, a, a puma or a mountain lion to, to steer them away from, from going to areas where they weren't supposed to go. And now that the park is shut down, or like the the over the the monitoring is shut down, they can't stop people from wandering to one, from one place to the next. Right, right. Yeah. So now, when we see these characters again in two weeks from now, uh, will they have to get through this army that's after them, or will they just get to that? Um, Cave that leads to down to the underground caverns again that are our utility um, tunnels. Uh, my guess is that it'll be they'll be right on their tail and then they'll disappear in front of them or something. Hmm. That might happen. I'm not going to discount it. Yeah, so we'll see. I'd rather uh, see a battle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, now that she has the god power, she could have them all stop and start killing each other again. Right, right. Yeah. All right. Um, let's see. Um, yeah, so we don't have anything else to say about this episode. Uh, next week is going to be called Phase Space, uh, directed by a guy named Tariq Salah, uh, who's a Swedish television producer. Uh, um, and uh, it doesn't look like I, I know anything that he's done, but we'll discuss more about him next week. Uh, and they have no uh, information on who wrote next week's episode, so we'll get all that next week. Uh, um, anything else anybody wanted to bring up? No, I'm good. All right. uh, Mike? I think I'm good. Yeah, me too. All right. So, uh, pretty much, uh, Wrap it up. So, uh, oh, you know what? Let me let me say this. I forgot. Um, I mentioned last week 
or a week before getting an email from Westworld, you go to Delos Destinations where you can sign up for that uh, on the web. And, and so they send you some behind-the-scenes stuff that you can't get through, like, the HBO Now or HBO Go. Yep. So it's Delos Destination, D-E-L-O-S, Destinations. And you should be able to do a Google search for it, and it should take you there. So DelosDestinations.com? DelosDestinations.com, correct. Okay. Very good. Very good. And you get those emails um, that you said that you were getting. So that's cool. So DelosDestinations.com. So here, darkdiscussions at AOL.com. So we'd like to hear uh, from folks. Their opinion of the episode, the series, the the specific storylines, how they're uh, splitting it uh, up um, instead of having all ensemble casts each week. Uh, anything and everything, please send your emails to darkdiscussions at AOL.com. And join us on Facebook at Dark Discussions Podcast Facebook group, where um, we are talking a lot about... Uh, Westworld as well as various other genre things Uh, so I guess with all that stated Eric why don't you lead us out alright thanks for tuning in and listening to us talk about episode 5 of Westworld come back next week we'll talk about episode 6